welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, thanks, Ben, for uh, joining me in this conversation. Oh, good to be here. And uh, I guess I'll try. I'll start just by introducing you a little bit. Okay. You are my son-in-law. You married my daughter, Jenny. And how long have you guys been married? About a year and a half, just a little bit more. Almost. Yeah, about a year and a half. Okay. And you grew up in kind of the Cahokia area, and is yeah. that right? Yeah. Um, St. Louis was where I was born, but then okay. we moved over. My teenage, most of my teenage life was spent in Cahokia area, and then back to St. Louis. Okay. And now you and Jenny live up in um, Florissant. Yeah. And um, you're a mechanic at Hart Automotive. Yeah. And uh, and um, you guys go to um, uh, kind of a smaller uh, yeah. church right there um, before crossing over into the Illinois side called Grace yeah, it's church, uh, Grace Baptist Church. Grace Baptist Church. Right on the north side of 270. Okay. It's the last that's it before you cross back over in Illinois. So. Yeah. And then you're really into, um, well, you're into uh, cars, of, you know, of course, yeah. and then self-defense type of th- things. and Yeah. A little bit of everything. I'm kind of like to fiddle with things, so yeah, it's kind of fun. Okay. And you're pretty... Um, I guess you would call it handy, you know, mechanically um, able to, you know, work on things and so forth. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I kind of grew up like playing with things, taking things apart, which kind of got me in trouble because I, when I was younger, I took stuff apart and wasn't able to put it back together. Okay. Um, and then as I grew older, I start. I like to problem solve, and in some ways that makes me a weird mechanic because I'm not like a gearhead like most mechanics. They like cars and love cars, and um, I try to tell you different type of older engines or anything. Um, I just like to solve problems, and automotive, you know, doing diagnostic stuff gives me an outlet to do that. Yeah, when did you first um, think that you wanted to get into you know, this is a profession, mechanics. Um, I don't know. I I did. I do remember like repairing cars a lot with my dad. Um, just growing up, we didn't have a ton of money, and Dad didn't like to take cars to get them repaired. He would rather just try to fix it himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of trial and error in that. When I was younger, <laughs> you know, sometimes we replace a part and it wouldn't fit the problem. And, you know, we go make several trips back and forth to the store. Um, but I remember even watching dad do rates and stuff when I was really young. Um, and as far as when I, you know, decided to do it, I, I guess late teens, um, I don't remember deciding to go to college per se for it. Um, there's kind of a whole story behind that. Um, but, um, I guess right about 19 or 20 is when I decided to go towards automotive. Um, and I was working on cars and stuff before then. Okay. Uh, It was just a a hobby at that point. Well, let's back up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about what your growing up experience was like. Well, I grew up in a family of, uh, six kids. Um, so mom, dad, and us six kids. 
Um, my dad was a pastor for a while. Um, well, still does a lot of stuff with uh, church ministry. Um, so, um, then what, like, would you say that um, he's a pastor in a particular denomination, or would yeah. it be called non-denomination? Or um, I guess independent independent Baptist would be the denomination, okay. uh, which is. Technically, kind of, it, it is its own denomination, but they're independent from everybody else. So, okay, um, it's a little bit. I in, guess, it, in a way, it's not denominational, but it's definitely independent Baptist. Is okay, where I grew up in. And then, would the people in like those circles refer to themselves as fundamentalists, like fundamental Christians, or? Um, yeah, most most would. Okay. Um, I I think that term's kind of going away a little bit more now. Um, it's not used quite as much. But okay. definitely the generation I grew up in when I was younger, that would definitely describe almost all of them. Okay. Because I don't – sometimes I'm not sure – like there's – people refer to themselves as evangelicals quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And then as far as fundamentalists, sometimes that just seems like what people refer to other people as, not necessarily what they <laughs> refer to themselves as. But, you know, I think you're right that used to more people did. I, yeah, I've I've kind of like looked back even – myself personally you know on that term or that idea um and it's it's not that it's a bad term but a lot of people have used it good or bad and for good or bad reasons it's not used that much even anymore mm-hmm. well anyway i didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you go ahead <laughs> okay. no, you're just good. with your growing up experience huh. i was good um we grew up uh i guess a lot of what i remember was growing up during my teenage years we had a house in Trout, Illinois, and spent a lot of time outdoors. Um, we were homeschooled. Um, that was a really good experience for me. Um, uh, I think I got a good education doing that. Probably goofed off more than I should have. Um, but it also allowed me time to spend with my family. If Dad was off, we got time off, to, and we spent with Dad. Were other people in your church homeschooled, too? Um, yeah, most most of the churches I went to, um, okay. a lot of the independent Baptist circles even, um, mm-hmm. are primarily homeschool. Okay. Um, some mm-hmm. of them are uh, have more like Christian school, and obviously they're not um, limited to that mm-hmm. to being homeschool. But homeschool was a big a big part of the culture that I grew up in. Okay. Yeah. I guess I would say with one caveat is that we didn't do a lot of homeschool things. We did, we were homeschooled, but we didn't like, we weren't involved in a whole lot of groups outside of our church. Okay. Right. And um, what else about your home life? What was it like? Um, I'm not quite sure. Like, um, it's kind of a broad question. <laughs> yeah, it is a pretty broad question. Um, did you guys play a lot? Did you work a lot? <laughs> um, was it a pretty strict home or pretty free-flowing? Um, yeah, it, I would say um, somewhere between. Like, uh, definitely strict and like dad expected behavior that was acceptable. Um, we were, um, I guess, uh, it was it was strict in the sense that we were taught what was right. And Dad expected us to follow what we knew was right, um, and in that, you know, if we didn't, we had talks with Dad, of course. Um, but there was also a lot of freedom 
in that because dad believed in giving us freedom to make choices and um, really encouraged us to do that from an early age. Um, to the point, I think, around 15, dad stopped really making choices for us and really let us make choices and, you know, guided us, but spent a lot of time letting us make choices and develop the rest of our teen years in that decision-making process um, to help us grow into adults, I think. And I would say it worked very well, um, at least for my siblings. Um, they're all very independent. I mean, we don't always make perfect choices, but that's to be expected. So could that have been anything? Like if you wanted to not be involved in your church and stuff like that, would that have been okay? It, I don't know if I'd say it would have been okay. Um, it wouldn't have been encouraged for sure, but right. uh, um, I think that it it was always a choice that, you know, it's, once we got to a certain age, Dad didn't say, you know, you had to go to mm -hmm. church. Yeah. Um, but that was a choice we had to make, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I think if any of us had decided not to, it would have, you know, we would have been talking to Dad quite a bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but. Yeah. So, um, so what is your mom like, or what was your mom like growing up? Um, she was very involved with our homeschooling and very um, loving. She spent time at home um, most of the time till I was a late teen. Um, then she started working, um, but she was very involved in our schoolwork. Um, mom. Mom and Dad were complimentary. They both expected us to <laughs> mm -hmm. to do what was right. Um, and my mom also, like as we were growing up, she encourages encouraged us like in uh, work that we did around the house. Um, I just kind of remember her saying that she had six kids, so there wasn't any need for her to do the laundry and mm -hmm. um, dishes all the time. So um, growing up, we we had a strict, um, you know, we we had a chart of our chores, you know, our kitchen, who had kitchen duty, who had dishes, you know, mm -hmm. for every meal. I remember us kids always trying to move everything around. Every once in a while, we'd create a new chart. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, what did you guys do for entertainment or just recreation and stuff like as a family um we spent a lot of time outside um as kids um family time uh we had devotions uh at least you know we had a family bible time every evening from when i was a kid till i remember up until i went i started working i i worked nights um when i first started working around 17 um, and as much as possible before then, we had a, a Bible reading time at, in the evening. Mm -hmm. um, we shared, um, Dad would usually read a passage of scripture and we said and talk about it for a while um, before we went to bed. And then uh, we spent a lot of time playing chess, um, usually after, after uh, um, our Bible reading time. And I remember kind of watching that kind of develop with our skills. Um, for when we were little kids, you know, we never be dad. Um, and I remember as, it's kind of funny because as we got older, dad used that, he used to use it as a bedtime tool. Like if we lost, we had to go to bed. Um, but then he also, as we got older, um, if he lost, he went to bed <laughs> and we stayed up. So 
Oh, but we spent a lot of time playing games and board games like chess and other games mm-hmm. around the house. And that did, was, you, did you guys watch TV? Um, towards my later years, yes. Um, early on, we didn't have a TV till I was, I guess, maybe 10. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, it was kept in mom and dad's room at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess until around 13, 14, 15, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly, but we did have a family TV that we watched movies on together as a family. Okay. Um, did you have a conversion experience that you remember? Um, so I don't specifically remember when I was saved. Um, uh, going back, I, I mean, I know for sure I am saved. Um I remember a little bit of it, but I was very young. Um, uh, actually, three years old is when I have like written in my Bible, and um, and you know that did cause as I was growing up, I was like, "Am I saved?" Or that did cause some thoughts about doubt. Um, but God's very clearly demonstrated that I am saved. Um, and so I, I still do point back to that when I was three, even though I don't clearly remember. Yeah. Um, like, and what are you referring to as far as God, you know, uh, confirming to you that you were that you're saved? Yeah. Um, just in how He worked in my life and um, answering prayers and talking to Him. Um, <laughs> Yes, um, the the Bible talks about believing and confessing with the mouth that the Lord um, Jesus is God and being saved, and um, God just point point that out multiple times that 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 belief is there in my heart, um, and you know it, I've I've looked back at it. I guess uh, when I was in college. Um, I kind of really looked at it. I was like, do I believe, am I believing that um, Jesus is my Savior because that's what I grew up with? I mean, my dad was a pastor. Um, um, and then um, looking at it, you know, is that, am I believing it because that or is it because my dad was a pastor or am, is it because I actually believe that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I spent a lot of time kind of looking at that when I was in college. Um, I don't know if I, you know, just sat down and studied it out. Um, but I did, you know, think a lot about it during that time mm-hmm. and really, you know, kind of solidified in my mind, um, that no, it, it is, um, because that's what I believe and I choose to live in that. Is there anything in particular that um, gives you confidence in the Christian faith that it's, um, you know, Bible is faithful and what it says is true and things like that? Yeah, um, very much so. As as I read and say the Bible, it just so much more, you know, pops out as, you know, hey, I can point back historically to points. You know, the Bible points to certain things, and you can verify them historically. Um, um, just 
uh, in creation itself, the, you know, how God's created things. And, um, I don't know, it, it's just so many little things to, that add up to it. It's very, to me, it's very clear. Okay. Well, what parts of your church tradition do you really appreciate and which uh, parts would you like to discard? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I'll be careful to answer that because I am, I am a deacon in my church in a way. But I, there is a lot about the traditions of at least the church. We had a, always had a, uh, a big emphasis on the Bible and um, looking at the Bible for what's true and what's right. Um, we can often get sidetracked by what we believe are standards. Um, and there's a, I guess there's a big difference between standards and, or traditions, even traditions, you know, um, versus, you know, this is what the Bible says about this particular thing. Um, I really like our uh, my church though and their stand on the Bible and that if there's ever a question it's what does the Bible say about it mm-hmm. it's not about oh this is the tradition of this is what the church has always done um you know there are you know some things that you know we we choose to do as <laughs> as a um Tradition, or just tradition. You know, we've seen at my church mostly hymns, um, older hymns, um, which I absolutely love. Um, you know, but that's just a tradition. You know, um, to, to the most for the most part. Um, so, you know, I I really appreciate a lot of the traditions our church has. We don't have a ton. Um, we we uh, have the Lord's Supper that we do regularly. And baptism, I guess, would say the two main ordinances of the church. Um, but other than that, our tradition is, you know, just preaching and singing. You know, there's not a whole lot of other things wrapped up in there. Okay. What's something you've learned in life that has stuck with you and that you consider an important part of your life now? Hmm. It's a lot. Um, I don't know if I, I narrow it down to one. Um, I guess, uh, at least for me personally, is uh, maybe learning to listen a lot more. Um, growing up as a kid, I liked to learn and have practical hands-on things, but I also had an idea that I was always right, too. So a lot of times uh, that had to be wasn't coupled with humility and learning to listen and Mm -hmm. um, listening to other people's points of view, um, which growing up I've had to learn a lot more. Um, And learning how that, you know, affects other people. Um, A lot of times listening is a big part of leadership, I think. I kind of like business and leadership. Um, I do a lot of reading and I... Um, that segment, I guess. Um, but, uh, and that a big part of that is listening to other people and listening to feedback. Um, or just listening to other people's ideas, um, first before you, before you have an answer or, or mm-hmm. you know, 
and not assuming you're right to start with. Mm-hmm. Is there is there anything that you're still trying to learn? Um, a lot. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, currently I'm taking a college class on Bible study methods. I've taken it before, but uh, the same class actually. Um, but it's um, it's good to refresh it. Um, it's learning how to study the Bible. How to, and it's very basic. It's not not um, it's I say it's basic, but it's, in some ways it's very detailed. Um, how to look at a passage of scripture and bring out the look at the main thought that's there from the scripture, not assuming you know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also learning, you know, study helps, um, such as using a concordance from uh, Greek or Hebrew to English. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times you learn things that you didn't understand. You know, there's a lot of meaning sometimes in words that doesn't transfer necessarily directly to English. We sometimes as English speakers just assume that what we read is what we we understand, or we understand it the way we read it. And then sometimes there's a whole lot different meaning maybe underneath those words. Um, it's good sometimes to go back and look at at a minimum of concordance. I'm not learning Greek and Hebrew at the moment, um, but it wouldn't be a bad idea, I don't think. Um, and some concordances, like Strong's, gives you like a little gloss definition of the different words. Yes, right. it does. It gives a really good definition. Um, a lot of times, even our English words, um, I guess I use a King James version, and so uh, some of the words may have a totally different meaning than what we think of today. Um, and then some, even some words in the Bible are used for different meanings too. Um, I was uh, reading an article on translating, I think it was ESV, and they they chose to keep the word sleep in the Old Testament instead of uh, die. Um, and it was it's really important distinction um, because it points to the resurrection of the body. Um, and that's really what is in the Greek underneath it. Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting to do that. Um, I think one that I'm studying currently is in Philippians. Um, the word conversation, I think, is used in the King James. Um, and that really means uh, like community or citizenship. <laughs> Talking about our citizenship is in heaven, um, not here on earth. Um, so it really, if you just read conversation in plain English, that may not fully convey that idea of citizenship and where our place as Christians is. Hmm. Um, yeah, I guess I'd have to, th- like, when I think of the word conversation, you know, like, uh, I think of it as like, uh, like if it was, I saw it in the Bible, like King James, I would think of it as, um, like the way you live or something, the way you kind of yeah. go along the manner, life. manner of life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is one of the, uh, one of the definitions you know what um, what do you think has um, given you a desire to grow in leadership was it a a person or a book or or anything Um, in particular there's there's a lot um, 
I would say um, maybe a person helped me out a lot. I worked at Chick-fil-A for a while um, through high school and into college for about six years. Um, so I wound up in a leadership position there. Um, and looking back on it, um, I was not a very good leader. Um, I look back and say, oh, I did that <laughs> not well at all. <laughs> um, but the owner there was very patient and um, teaching me um, things about leadership. And not, not even directly, just a lot of indirect things. Um, but he was, he was a good example to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, in leadership, and he still is. I'm good friends with him. I actually saw him Sunday. Oh, did um, you? He's yeah. Um, so I'm. It's it's good to talk to him every once in a while. Um, some of my family still works for him at Chick Fil A, so mm-hmm. um, he's moved and come back, and that's. Mm-hmm. But uh, he gave me a lot of direction for leadership when I was younger, um, and then when I went to college, I took like, an intro to business class. And they were talking about different aspects of business. I was like, oh, that's why I did that when I was working at Chick-fil-A. I had, I had got a framework to put some of those things in. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was very influential in that. Um, and then uh, there's just, uh, several books I read. I've read that um, are very helpful with it as well. Um, I really like uh, two. They're more recent books. Um, one's called Extreme Ownership and um, Dichotomy of Leadership. Um, and they're written by two Navy SEALs. Um, I think Jocko Willett and Leif Babbitt. Um, they're both really good books. Yeah. Um, Jocko has a, a podcast. I did not know that. I he might does. have to look into that. Yeah. I've... I'm familiar with extreme ownership. I think I have the audio version, or I did, or something like that. Yeah, I I think I have audio versions. Um, I find sometimes I don't have time to sit down and read a book, but I often have time while I'm working on engines or stuff, or for, as a mechanic, to put on a headset and listen to it while I'm working. Mm-hmm. Well, besides leadership books, are there any other books that have made a big impact on your life? Um, well, there's one I just read. Um, actually, the last book I read um, was by George Mueller. Um, and it's just kind of his, um, his uh, it's an autobiography of him. Um, and just how he's working with orphans and um, how he's just um, being led by God and trusting God for all of his needs. Um, and that was, I don't know, as I was thinking through it, it's it really convicting listening to it um, because his trust in God is just so sure. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really made me think about, you know, do I trust God at that level? Mm-hmm. Um, not that um, how I trust God is wrong, you know, but I think we can probably trust him more mm-hmm. um, as he works in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think George Mueller's point to how he lived his life was to prove that God did answer prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, and just my thinking on that, not that I didn't believe God answered prayers, but uh, it made me think about, you know, I do need to ask God more instead of trying to take things on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
God often gives us, you know, the ability to do something. And I think we should wholeheartedly, if we have the ability to do it, um, do that because God's given us that ability. But also recognize, you know, when it's time to say, God, I need help and be willing to quickly run to God. All right. Well, are you ready to go into the lightning round? <laughs> you know, you know, I didn't even tell you about what that is, but Ooh, yeah. just kind of like a few real quick questions and just kind of whatever off the top of your head. Okay. 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 All right. If someone invited you over to dinner, what's one thing you hope they don't serve you? <laughs> um, probably, <laughs> probably vegetables. I just didn't grow up with them a lot. Um, I've never acquired a taste for them. <laughs> but you probably like chicken, huh? Yeah. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> What's the last book you've read? Um, the one George Mueller's autobiography oh, right. we were just talking about. Um, what's your favorite restaurant? Oh, that's a hard choice. I like a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the one I probably frequent the most is Chick-fil-A. I'm still, even after working there. What's a recent New Year's resolution or goal? Um, I actually kind of steer away from New Year's resolutions. Um, I just find I don't fulfill them a lot mm-hmm. um so i i try to not to make goals i can't keep or, so do you make goals at all then um i i usually have like three to six months usually they're towards projects or okay. stuff um but right. usually i make a three to six month goal to try to get things done um, okay extrovert or introvert Kind of in the middle. Um, I was very introverted when I was younger. Um, I'm somewhere in the middle right now. Um, I've done like personality tests and I fall both ways. <laughs> so, your favorite small, like less than a hundred dollar purchase that you've made recently? Oh, um, my short term memory is really bad, so I'm trying <laughs> to think of what I bought recently. <laughs> Um, hmm. I'd almost have to go back and look at my Amazon <laughs> purchases to remember what I. So nothing uh, that made a big impression on you, I guess, huh? or changed your life significantly. <laughs> apparently not. Um, not yeah. that I can remember off the top of my head. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's right. Well, what do you? I guess just to close out, what do you hope the next 10 years look like or what do you hope to be doing in 10 years from now mm. uh, hopefully serving God um, I think that would be a high priority mm-hmm. um, as far as the rest of it I think I'm pretty flexible I think I kind of had a goal to own my own business by 35 I'm 31 right now so mm-hmm. um, that might be in there um, but it's not something that's set in stone that it has to be that way mm-hmm. I, I'd like to be more flexible um, I think long term goals are important um, um, all my debt paid off is one of the big things in there mm-hmm. which is well on its way um, so um, I don't know other than that um, okay All right. Well, thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Good being here. Thank you. If you use a podcast app, 
like iTunes, please give a review of Conversations About Life.